With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the unofficial WWE podcast. Today is Thursday, August 12, 2021. My name is Mimi Burris, and of course, we are talking about none other than last night's Dynamite that took place in Britsburg, Pennsylvania. We're going to talk about the awesome reaction she got, the fourth labor of Jericho, and so much more right after this. As always, I hope you all have had a wonderful week this week. We are back here live, full crowds. I know there's obviously a lot going on in the world pandemic-wise and new strains and a bunch to be afraid of right now. But for now, we get to stay here, sit in the sandbox for a little bit, talk about this fun wrestling show overall. I thought there was it was definitely not the greatest dynamite of all time, but there was definitely a lot of good stuff to talk about, and we're going to get into it. And yeah, we get to stay here in the sandbox for a little while and just envelop ourselves in all things professional wrestling because that's what this show is, guys. Professional wrestling at its best, you know, in my subjective opinion at least, but I think that's pretty objective at this point. And uh, and yeah, let's just not waste any more time and jump right into the show where we started off with a promo from MJF and Wardlow and what a great promo this was. MJF is just so good at what he does such a stupid simple detail guys an apple an apple of all things that makes you so annoyed with somebody have you ever been next to somebody on a train on a subway maybe you were just outside walking in a park I don't know you've been next to someone maybe you're having dinner with somebody who just chews with their mouth open like that especially with an apple it's just disgusting it is annoying and it is I don't care how nice the person is. You hate them for at least that moment. And that's exactly what MJF was doing. He uh, calls out Chris Jericho saying that he can't beat him. Even if he beats Wardlow, he's still not going to have a chance at beating him. He's gone through more than he can bear trying to get, try, just trying to get the match against Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And it's to the point where he even kind of feels bad for him. He's about to get stopped at an arm's length away from the finish line by the fastest, most volatile big man in this business. 
Wardlow, and then he says, but let's say by some grace of the Greek gods, right, some Herculean effort, Chris Jericho gets through Wardlow and gets his match against MJF. He's gone through all of that just to find out that MJF is still better than him, and he knows it. And then Wardlow says he's almost definitely going to beat him, and then Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, the true, absolute, let's see if I can go through a uh, whole show without swearing this week. The true jerk that Maxwell Jacob Friedman is, he says, you know, well, you didn't beat Cody Rhodes in the steel cage. And then he hands Wardlow the apple, like, bite down. In the world that we're living in right now, disgusting, but even more so, just freaking gross. What a what a jerk is what the word I'm using. And I'm going to say prick. Let's What a prick that guy is. And, uh, and so good at what he does. And then Wardlow, Intel just destroys the apple, and I don't care who you are, what you've done. There's something cool about a big man crushing something in his hand. I know I couldn't crush an apple with my hand, so good stuff. Awesome promo to start off the show and definitely got me hyped up. And speaking of getting hyped up, this first match of the night, the opening match, the trios match between Dante Martin, Matt Seidel, and Mike Seidel versus the elite Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson, and Boy, was this a showcase for Dante Martin, if there ever was one. This was a super fun match. You know, with the quick preface, I I say a lot about these tag team matches. They got to figure out something with this five-second rule. But I think it's gotten a little bit better, at least in this match it was. Um, I don't know, in trios tag action, maybe if you tag one person in, can both people come in for five seconds? I I don't know what the deal is. But they've got to figure out something with that because it's a little bit too all over the place. And I just, I want to enjoy this. And honestly, structure helps me enjoy things a lot better. Not, you know, not don't like, you know, choke the matches, but a little bit more structure in these tag team matches, I always mention, would definitely go a long way. So nevertheless, guys, I really love this match. We had um, Matt Seidel versus Matt Jackson to start off the match. And yeah, the uh, the Young Bucks got a quick start, quick advantage in the beginning, but real quick, the Seidel brothers and Dante Martin you know, had a lot of awesome offense. They did this great spot on the outside where uh, both the Seidel brothers essentially like catapulted Dante Martin onto the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Obviously, though, the Elite got the offense back, and this all led to an amazing hot tag from Dante Martin. I could go through all the amazing things that he did, but it wouldn't even, I wouldn't do it justice, guys. As always, I would not do it justice. This is a perfect example of getting your stuff in but making it look great. And that's exactly what he did. And and props to Kenny Omega, who definitely, you know, a a young guy like Dante Martin probably did not come up with the way to make this all flow so well and not just feel like a spot fest. So I I definitely, you know, without knowing exactly who put together the match and who who had, you know, who's the mind behind all this, I have a feeling it was probably Omega with obviously the history that he has with putting together these unbelievable matches. And so, you know, the match breaks down everybody's doing some awesome spots. We had V trigger to Dante Martin, but he gets back to his feet. They put him in the electric chair position for the one winged angel, except Martin lands on his feet, hits a Pele kick, but Kenny Omega comes back with another V trigger and then goes once again for the one winged angel, but we have a quick or not the one winged angel. I think it was a tiger thunder driver thing. Anyways, he goes for another move and we get a schoolboy pin for a two count. I bid on that two count. The entire crowd in Pittsburgh bid on that two count and then Kenny Omega hits a third V-trigger, and instead of going for the one-winged angel again, the Bucks take both side L's out and then hit the BTE trigger, excuse me, BTE V-trigger on Dante Martin, and Kenny Omega gets the three count, and the Elite and the Young, or excuse me, uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks take the victory from the Seidel brothers and Dante Martin. But guys, I mean, this, talk about getting a victory and a loss. Dante Martin, this was the showcase of all time for him. He's had some really great matches. Even on Dynamite, I know he's obviously a big factor on Dark and he's really getting over on Dark. But there there was this amazing like shooting star press moonsault thing outside the ring that looked unbelievable to Kenny Omega. Like I've never seen something like that in my life. I don't know how he did it, but it just looked so smooth. A bunch of awesome spots in this match, but this match wasn't a spot fest necessarily. Or if it was, it was a very organized one, I thought. And yeah, I mean, Dante Martin got over in a big way. The crowd was behind him the entire time. And the Seidel brothers definitely deserve a lot of credit too, both especially Matt Seidel, but Mike Seidel as well. 
are really talented, just good hands to have on the roster for matches just like this. And the Young Bucks, obviously, in a tag team match, you know, it's 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 it's, it's always going to be at least three stars. And obviously, like I said, with the mind of Kenny Omega and the talent of Kenny Omega, this definitely was amazing. And I really went in depth, obviously, on reviewing that last or recapping that last part of the the match because I wanted to talk about the great and possible I could be totally inferencing this or, or coming up with this on the top of my head but I have a feeling AEW and especially Omega pays attention to these little details so at the end of this match we had Dante Martin reversing out of the V not the V trigger reversing out of the one-winged angel and then we saw like a little bit of doubt on Kenny Omega's face it, again that could just be my speculation that's the word I was looking for speculation uh, and the Young Bucks ended up putting him away with the BTE trigger, multiple BTE triggers, uh, and that's how they got the three count. Could there be a little doubt from Kenny Omega in his big move, his big finishing maneuver, the uh, one-winged angel? I don't know. Again, I don't think we're getting this match, or we might be getting this match between Hangman Page and uh, Kenny Omega at All Out. We'll talk about that later, obviously, on in the show, or actually right after this. But... Uh, there was a little doubt from Kenny Omega on his on his big move and and the possibility of either Dante Martin reversing it again, kicking out of it, I don't know. And commentary sold it as that they were just trying to send this poor little kid to the hospital after daring to step to the talents that are the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, the elite. But I don't know. Who knows? It could be we could be getting a nice little underlying story thread here of Kenny Omega doubting his his one big move. So we'll see again. I think if there's somebody to kick out of the one-winged angel, it's probably Hangman Page. But, you know, once you've done that spot, at least in AEW, because obviously they have done it once in New Japan, but once you've done that spot in AEW, you've done that spot in AEW. And they really, I mean, they didn't have John Moxley do it, which I, I totally praise that. It's a big thing, and you, and you want, these buildups are so important. And, and so when we have that, you know, match eventually take place wherever it does between Page and Omega, whether or not Paige kicks out of that one-winged angel, the entire crowd, everybody at home is going to be holding their breath on that two count. So just a small little underlying detail in what otherwise was just a really fun, incredible match to watch Dante Martin do the stuff he does. He literally like levitates in the air. And I know commentary talked about that a little bit too. It's just so fun to watch a guy with such raw talent like that, who I think has a lot of, uh, has a lot of talent and a lot of potential to be a big star. Again, is he a Darby Allen? I don't know. Is he, you know, some of the, is he a jungle boy? Who knows? We haven't heard a lot from him, if, if at all any, on the microphone. But what I will say is I would love to see Kenny Omega versus Dante Martin in a singles match. I would love to see Top Flight versus the Young Bucks in a tag team match. Maybe we get another tag team eliminator match like they did with Penta and Kingston. Who knows? But I'd love to see it, guys. And this was incredible. This was a really good opening match. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without a doubt, already fired up from the promo, and then we get some great in-ring action. The buffet has begun, guys. And the post-match, uh, Tony Schiavone tries to come out and interview the Elite, but Don Callis takes the microphone away from him, as everybody does. We stopped doing that for a little while, but it's back, guys. We're taking the mic away from Tony Schiavone. 
and cuts a promo on the elite. He says it's great to be out here in the greatest. Uh, it's great to be out here with the greatest tag team in the history of professional wrestling. And then we get Christian Cage with the interruption. We hear the countdown, the music. He comes out, and before he can say anything, uh, Callis says that Christian isn't too bright, kind of throwing back to exactly what he said to Hangman Page, but he isn't too bright, and surely he can count. There's 10 of them and only one of him um, that he's outnumbered. First of all, Don Callis is like such a little narc doofus. I I love, again, I'm really trying not to swear, guys. It's really hard. I want to say when your vocabulary for – nouns and particularly adjectives for people like your MJFs and Don Callis's and Kenny Omega's are normally really bad words. It's hard to come up with other words that don't sound like I'm speaking to a five-year-old. So, but that's what we're going with. We're going with doofus, I guess. Uh, Callis saying there's 10 of him and only one of Christian Gage. It's just not 10 of them out there. Uh, just small little things like that. It hits the elite as such goofballs, again, for lack of a better term. And, and there's stupid little lines like this. I always, I, I try to point them out on here. And if I forget to or whatever, I, I just, I'm entertained, guys. I'm entertained by the elite without a doubt. And so these little lines are always so funny. Not, not too much to analyze about that. But anyways, yes. So he goes into that. He says, there's 10 of him, uh, 10 of them and only one of him. And Jurassic Express comes out. The crowd's singing Jungle Boy's music. Uh, Tony Schiavone says we're going to commercial break and when we come back Don uh, they're all in the ring Don Callis tells Christian Cage that he's getting his title shot against Kenny Omega at all out which we all heard obviously at the top of the show from commentary but the audience hadn't and it's great he's a hell of a wrestler a hell of a ring, uh, ring general and one of the best finishers he's ever seen and has one of the best finishers he's ever seen in the kill switch or I, forget, I think they call it the kill switch still yeah in the kill switch and Kenny can't wait to kick out of it I didn't love that line, but whatever. Um, but he's not sure why Cage is here. His his match is in three weeks away. It's all decided. Why don't you just go wait your turn? And Christian asks Callis if he's finished talking, calls him a carny piece of SHIT before apologizing and saying, nope, he's actually a carny jagoff. I think I could say, I'm going to say jagoff now. That's going to be a new part of my vocabulary. What a great line from Christian. Sadly, though, when obviously Callis did announce that he was going to be the challenger at All Out, we had CM Punk chance, we had Yes chance. This crowd in Pittsburgh and me at home pretty much wanted anybody but Christian Cage challenging Kenny Omega at All Out. But who knows? We're gonna we're gonna talk about that actually after we uh, recap this, obviously. And uh, yeah, so he calls him a jagoff, says that uh, because they're in Pittsburgh, he can say that. And then Cage says that he spoke to Tony Khan and he also spoke to Scott Demore, who's obviously the impact executive, and says that, yeah, his world title shot is all locked in for All Out. But Kenny also has a bunch of other championships and he's going to challenge Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship in the first match ever on Friday Night Rampage this week. And yeah, guys, that's happening. You know, Friday night, it is just uh, tomorrow. It's tomorrow night, guys. It's obviously Rampage. They're, they really amped up throughout this entire show. And uh, and I guess, we'll again, let me recap the rest of us and we will talk about the implications possibly of that match. Uh, Omega flips out, says he doesn't care who Cage talked to uh, and starts going off or going off. And then as the music plays, Christian Cage's music plays and they're all walking off. Jungle Boy says, stop the music, turns around, says that he's actually uh, he spoke to Tony, Tony Khan as well. And Jurassic Express are getting a tag title match against the Bucks next week on Dynamite. The crowd singing along to uh, Jungle Boy's music. And then Kenny says, stop the music again, stop the music. <laughs> goes, he goes, goes to check. Oh, you you guys are not singing, oh, whatever you're singing, no. And at the news of the title shot, right? And uh, oh, and Kenny Omega's brilliant. It's just these little stupid. He is so good at making himself just look like a absolute goofball and, you know, really falling forward in it. Uh, and I love that about the elite. I really do with all of these stupid basketball things backstage, the young bucks making themselves look like the biggest jag offs in the entire world. And, uh, and yeah, I just, they, like I said, I'm entertained every single time, but in regards to what they were talking about, obviously with the impact tag team title, excuse me, no, the impact championship match on rampage and the tag team title match on dynamite. First of all, let's start with uh, the tag team title match, obviously, on Rampage. As we speak, I'm looking up the rankings for the All Elite 
wrestling tag team division. And I'm speaking very slowly like this because I am in the pool house of the house that I'm at right now. And the Wi-Fi is very slow. So therefore, I have to talk very slowly to fill the time while this loads because it's taking a really long time. Maybe we should have talked about the Impact Championship match first. All right, let's talk about that first, and let's go back to the tag team uh, match afterwards. So Kenny Omega defending his AEW, excuse me, defending his Impact Championship against Christian Cage at, at Rampage. I guess I have a couple of clarifying questions, if any of you all know. Does that count in the rankings? I always wonder, do the title matches count in the rankings? I, I, yes, they do. But I wonder if a tag, title match for a different company's tag team title didn't does count for the rankings. So if Christian Cage just loses, does he go down in the rankings? And can somebody else be challenging Kenny Omega at all, uh, all out or all in? Yeah, all out. I don't know why I said all in. Uh, who knows? Uh, that could be an option because, frankly, guys, I think this might be a bait and switch of I don't think we're getting Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage at All Out. Then again, I could be wrong. We have Darby Allen, though, is the number one or excuse me, number two in the singles rankings. who's 15 and two while Christian is obviously six and oh. I'd love to see Darby Allen versus Kenny Omega at All Out for the world tag or excuse me for the world title. However, that seems like something they would have built a lot more. So I don't know. Uh, in regards to the tag team titles, yes, okay, Jurassic Express is number one in the tag team division. They're nine and one, uh, Varsity Blondes being number two. So who knows, guys? I mean, I'm excited for this tag team match next week. It makes perfect sense with Jurassic Express being number one in the rankings. We haven't seen this match in a long time, the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express, or at least that's what it feels like. And, uh, and I'm just not really looking forward to All Out Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega. And I don't think AEW is thick. I think they heard the crowd response. I think they know that this is not a pay-per-view title match. I think that this is a TV title match at best. And honestly, guys, if it is All Out and it is, this is going to be the title match, why would they give it to us on Rampage and then give it to us again at All Out? Unless they're going to stip it up, but still. Who knows? That's just my thinking. I don't. I don't think we're gonna get this uh, this title match at all out. Personally, I think we're gonna get something else. Uh, but if we do, I guess the the argument for it is that we could be having the debut of CM Punk, obviously with the de- uh, debut of Daniel Bryan imminent as well, probably at Grand Slam. Maybe they just have a lot in their pocket and they're gonna pull another uh, like another thing like they did at Double or Nothing with that uh, trios or not trios, excuse me, triple threat, whatever you want to call it, three man match at uh, Double or Nothing, where it really wasn't that big a deal. There was not a lot of build-up. The build-up wasn't great, and the match was okay at best. It was good. It was a good match, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the main event, and I really think your world title match should be the main event, and I have a fear that I just don't think Christian Cage is AEW main event worthy in this storyline right now as a as a title contender. But I'd love to hear what you guys think. Obviously, you can hit me up on the Twitter at Mimi Burris. You can send me an email at podcast at gmail.com. First try. What do you know? Yeah, send me your thoughts. I'd love to hear. Are you guys? Do you guys want Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega? Um, I've obviously seen a lot of great Christian Cage stuff. I am a Christian Cage fan. I just, I don't know. To me, this doesn't seem like the, the, the match to go with for this pay-per-view. There's so much momentum behind this company right now, guys. Such a hot show right now. Just doesn't feel like uh, it's the right move. But who knows? Again, I have faith in the booking, and I think AEW is not thick. I think that they – I don't think they give us a match on Rampage tomorrow uh, and then give us the same match all, all out, essentially, but just for a different title. Like, what's going to happen? Christian Cage is going to win the Impact title and then win the AEW title or lose the AEW title but then win the Impact – we're going to have 50-50 Christian Cage, Kenny Omega. I don't think AEW is very much of a 50-50 booking company – or what's the other thing that happens? Kenny Omega uh, beats Christian Cage for the Impact World title, retains it, and then what? And then, but Christian Cage has already lost to Kenny Omega once, and then he's going to go challenge him for another. Well, I lost for that title, but I'll challenge for this title. Just seems silly. Maybe we get some kind of interference. I don't know. I'm excited to find out what's going to happen tomorrow night, though. And hopefully, if we have a little time on this show, we will preview some of the stuff that's going to go on on Rampage. Uh, with that all being said, we had Malachi Black in a vignette where he talks about 
that all these people had doubt that he wasn't going to do exactly what he said he was going to do to Cody Rhodes and how eventually realizing or, or and how all of the AEW fans will eventually realize that you're arguing with God if you're arguing with Malachi Black. I, I didn't understand a lot of the verbiage in this actual promo, but it was cool. It was cool. And, and Malachi Black, again, it, just like this entire program, is hot. So I this was great. Uh, when we come back, we have... Miro having a promo again backstage talking about how he's going to challenge Fuego del Sol uh, for the TNT Championship. Or excuse me, Fuego del Sol is going to be challenging Miro for the TNT Championship. And if he wins, he's going to be offered a contract. And that's going to be going down, obviously, tomorrow night on Rampage. Or I don't know if they said tomorrow night or not. I have to double check that. But it's going to be going on on Rampage. And guys, I mean... I have heard a lot of stuff. People just think Fuego del Sol is also going to get squashed like a bunch of these other guys who, who Miro's been, again, squashing very entertainingly. But I I don't know. I mean, AEW's not a mean company. They wouldn't be... A, Fuego del Sol is huge right now in, in more of independent wrestling circles, and so I, I doubt that AEW would dangle a contract offer for Fuego del Sol in a match and then have him lose, and then he just doesn't get the contract. I think, guys, either he wins next week, which it's probably not going to happen, but he could. Or either way, he's going to get this contract somehow for sure because at the very least, guys, like I said, Tony Khan, AEW, it's not the company that makes you lose in your hometown. It's not the company that dangles this contract offer for this amazing independent wrestler in your face and then says, oh, never mind. Who knows? But I'm looking forward to the match nonetheless. Fuego del Sol, super talented. And Miro, either way, is either going to, you know, very probably not lose the title or absolutely squash Fuego Del Sol. And I'm not bored of this mural character yet. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Honestly, I love the way he ends his promos. And like uh, that's, that's the word from the Redeemer. Honestly, he could say anything in front of that. And I, I, he could be, I just farted. And that's the word from the Redeemer. And I would be scared and terrified of him. I think it's, this character is so well... Uh, like shaped out it I took a little while to get here and that's why I have faith in Andrade which we're going to talk about soon as well but I'm really digging this mirror thing and I'm not bored of it yet I just, I just need to satisfy my wife over and over and over I, I we're getting Lana in AEW by the way for sure at least to make an appearance I, I have a feeling this Miro thing is spot on and it's working for me. I haven't heard a lot of, uh, I've been obviously talking to a bunch of you guys about AEW and a lot of the stuff going on, but a lot of people have not been talking about Miro and I feel like I praise him every week on this show. So send me your thoughts on Miro as well. It seems like overall he's over and, um, and how could he not be? I mean, look at the man. And then with the promos that he's been cutting every week, yeah, it's the same crap every week, but it's good crap. So with all that being said, next we had, uh, Daniel Garcia, speaking of being really hot on the independent scene versus Darby Allen, obviously da Daniel Garcia coming out with 2.0, the former known as Everrise or the former team known as Everrise and Darby Allen flanked by Sting. Uh, they get a quick little promo as they're entering the ring where <laughs> I love 2.0, guys. I love Everrise. I, I really loved Everrise. What a talent to let go. It's so stupid. Um, but they had a quick little promo as he's entering the ring, and he says that he could have beaten Darby Allen by himself if it weren't for John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And then 2.0, just call out Sting and tell him to watch his ass. And then the, the, uh, the other one goes, watch his ass. It just They're so great. And again, I can't, I can't do it justice on here. But if you haven't, if you guys are solely AEW watchers, I don't know if you're not fans of NXT or whatever, go check out some of Everize's stuff, just like the backstage stuff. They're just hilarious and they always manage what do you know to put smiles on my face so stupid stupid loss there because I hope they get contracts I hope Daniel Garcia also gets a contract in AEW I have not seen the Daniel Garcia's all elite I have not seen 2.0 being all elite but they're definitely making a great case for why they should be and that's exactly what we got in this match as well this was a great back and forth for the most part as in most Darby Allen matches 
Daniel Garcia had most of the uh, offense, great grappling back and forth, awesome back and forth between roll-ups and, and uh, small packages and backslides, just like gritty wrestling. And I thought it was really cool to watch these two smaller guys be able to go back and forth and chain wrestle like that. Uh, great spots where Dar- Daniel Garcia, you know, is a little pity to, to Darby Allen and uh, Darby Allen that shows him why he should probably not have done that. Uh, great spots on the outside with 2.0 trying to get involved and Sting obviously scaring them off and then 2.0 trying to get involved again. They successfully do a couple times running interference and by the last time Darby Allen goes for the coffin drop. They try to get uh, try to interfere again, but Darby Allen's able to hit the coffin drop, gets the one, two, three. And then 2.0 go to attack Darby Allen after the bell. Sting comes in. We get a quick little beat down from Sting on both 2.0. Darby Allen comes and joins him. Stinger, the Stinger, the 60-year-old man Sting, does a suplex on the stage. Just that happened because professional wrestling is great in 2020. Not a lot. It's 2021. Jesus Christ. Not a lot is great in 2021 right now, guys. But at least AEW is just making pro wrestling great for me, at least in 2021. I What? What is God? Sting just suplexed a member of Everrise on the stage. If you had told me that months ago, I wouldn't have believed you. Unbelievable stuff. And yeah, and then, the, the, I mean, the beatdown was a little bit clunky, whatever, but the match itself was really good. We're getting a match between Sting and Darby Allen versus 2.0 next week on Dynamite. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, honestly. I, I, 2.0 is probably like out of their minds thrilled with the opportunities that they're getting, you know, again, so underutilized in NXT. They are what they are, though. They're comedic characters. They're like a step above jobbers. They're super entertaining. But every company needs guys like that. And honestly, I said this last week, too. Who knows? They could they could be the sentimental favorites. We could have a similar to like a B-team story at one point, but told a lot better. I'm just, I was, I was, Happy with this match, really liked it, really liked the back and forth, really think Daniel Garcia, who kind of got lost in the sauce, obviously, with this whole conversation about 2.0 and Sting and Darby Allen, but Daniel Garcia, who put on a great match, definitely deserves to be all elite as well. And uh, and he's such a small little guy. To watch these small guys go at it, I mean, you think about what professional wrestling has become in 2021, 2021, that's the year it is. Unbelievable if you think back, you know, 20 years ago, what most professional wrestlers look like. It's it's great to see a great variety on this show. So, like I said, the buffet continues, and I love this match, without a doubt. Uh, backstage, we have Ray Phoenix, Pac, and Penta, Death Triangle, not in an interview, but doing a promo. Ray Phoenix asks Pac if he has seen what Andrade El Idolo has been stirring up essentially hacking into their Uber accounts and hacking into their travel accounts, travel trip advisor, I don't know, and says that they need to do something about it. Penta says a bunch of Spanish stuff, and then Alex Abrahentes starts to say, Penta says, and then Pac says, nah, I got this, I understood. Asks the Lucha Bros to let him focus on Andrade and says that they should go after the tag team titles because they are des- deserving of the gold. Couldn't agree more, Pac. They are one of the best, absolutely. And Pac says that they don't know Andrade or like him, and they don't know why he's obsessed with Death Triangle, but that stops now. Or excuse me, not pent up. I said Pac. I don't know. It's Pac who's talking. Uh, And says, but that stops now, and if he has a problem with what he's saying, well, anywhere, anytime, come and have a go. If you think you're hard enough, he's easy to find. I like this. I've been crapping on this program for the last couple weeks, and this is probably the best thing that's come of it. That We're going to talk about the... um, Andrade Chavo thing later on which was not great but I thought the only thing about this was Alex Abrahentes definitely looked out of place and and I'm for the whole Penta says gimmick I don't mind that but I I think it works a little bit better I don't know he just looked like a fan standing with three guys three professional wrestlers for a photo op he didn't really look like he was a part of Death Triangle however uh, I thought Pac looked hard as all hell in this promo. It's good to see just a nice, gritty promo from Pac again. I'm looking forward to the match between Pac and Andrade at All Out. I mean, Andrade needs to show up and show out without a doubt. He has been floundering in whatever this sad gimmick has been or whatever this sad start in AEW has been. And so I- I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be a really good match. It definitely has to be a really good match. And... Uh, I want to see Ray Phoenix and Penta win the tag team t- titles at All Out too. I mean, that's a great match to book. We haven't seen that match in a while. It's never a bad match to go back to. And I'm a Ray Phoenix mark. So that's all I got to say about this. 
Next, we had another trios match. Best friends Chuck T, Chucky T, Orange Cassidy, and Wheeler Yuta versus the Hardy family office, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn of Private Party, and Matt Hardy. Obviously, well wishes to Trent. Trent? Trent. Uh, because Wheeler Yuta's great, but I, I, you know, the original best friends or something as well. And and, and someone needs to get Wheeler Yuta new gear because those tights are awful. He looks awful in those. It's just not not even flattering is the right word I was looking at. He just looks awful. Anyways, I'd love to hear what you guys think too about that because I always wonder my, my gear is also just as subjective of all professional wrestling is, but God, he looked awful. Um, especially standing to someone who looks as cool as Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Chucky e. T is just like the coolest dork in the world. And yeah, guys, I'm so sick of this Hardy family office crap. I just don't think this needs to be on Dynamite. I, I think I don't think Matt Hardy is all elite. I think about where Private Party was, you know, a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't know. Time has no meaning. Uh, but Private Party had a lot of momentum and looked like they could be a big thing. And then they were obviously young and green and whatever else, but look at where they're at now some of the stuff private party does in the ring i mean this match wasn't bad at all i mean you had orange cassidy chuck taylor and wheeler yuda and you had isaiah cassidy and mark quinn and you had a veteran like matt hardy i won't leave him out of the conversation obviously i always love the silly string and you know the spots with orange cassidy doing the little kicking stuff and then the somersaults and yeah this is all really good wrestling wise i mean but it just I'm so sick of this. How many times have we seen different variations of this? The Hardy family office is feuding with everybody, it feels like. Why are there three tag teams on the Hardy family office, and why are they not trying to get tag team gold? Again, guys, Private Party is third in the rankings. Um, the other two tag teams in the Hardy family office are not anywhere on the rankings, or at least in the top five, so... I, I just, I don't understand. You know what match I'd love to see, though? Give me Private Party versus Penta and Ray Phoenix, the four and five spots. I'd really love to see that. Um, because I think Private Party are really good in the ring. And uh, this whole Matt Hardy family office thing just seems like content for content's sake. And that's not all elite to me. So, nonetheless, guys, obviously, this match, the heels got the win. Uh, twist of fate for Matt Hardy on Wheeler Yuta, and this was pointless. So maybe they could put a women's division match or something in this. I don't know, or build a story for the women's division. Oh, speaking of things that were unnecessary and useless, we had Andrade El Idolo and Chava Guerrero being interviewed backstage. Excuse me, Chava Guerrero Jr. They call Peck ungrateful, pointing out the gifts they've given him, and then essentially Chavo just repeats whatever Andrade says, and uh, that he should be careful for what he wishes for, and Chavo suggests that Andrade teach Peck uh, who's boss at All Out, and like I said before, this wasn't great. This was Chavo Guerrero is not it, guys. Chavo Guerrero is just not it, and I'm not going to talk about this any longer, besides the fact that I'm, like I said before, looking forward to the match at All Out and really hopeful for it because Andrade needs it. Um... We got a quick video package building the FTR and Ortiz and Santana feud. This is stupid. I liked last week's way better. But Ortiz and Santana were getting on FTR for not, like, you know, wrapping it up, wrapping up the cut, getting in the match or whatever. If you saw the amount of blood that uh, I think it was – I always forget. I always mix up the names, guys. And it's it's nothing about FTR. I am just terrible with names. Cash Wheeler. Uh, Cash Wheeler, the cut – and the blood, the amount of blood Cash Wheeler lost. It was not something to be like, oh, just wrap up and get back in the ring. And then nonetheless, Ortiz and Santana lost. So what are they talking about? Who's hard, whatever. I just was. This was not nearly as good as last week's was. I really hope they have a way better match. Maybe it'll be at All Out. Maybe we'll have it on Rampage. I, I have a feeling that this is going to be a match that people are not nearly looking forward to as much. But it's definitely going to over-deliver because it under-delivered previously, if that makes any sense. I'm still looking forward to it as a mark for this freaking company, but I have a feeling a lot of people are kind of like, oh, the first one sucked. Why would we care about a second one? Uh, Then, of course, in our third hour, I feel like I need a jingle for this, like your women's third hour match of the night. Yeah. I'll come up with something better than that. Anyways, Chris Chris Statlander versus Nyla Rose. Guys, I love this match. I really did like this match. I get the point of it. Nyla Rose, obviously, once you've just lost a... uh, championship match you can usually afford another loss in the women's rankings obviously we have Thunder Rosa being number one Chris Statlander being number two 
uh, and Nyla Rose obviously going down down the rankings after the losses to Chris Statlander and both uh, to Britt Baker. But this the offense Chris Statlander had, first of all, before I forget, I need to say this, Jim Ross said something about the weight that Chris Statlander lost and she was able to be quicker and whatever. I, I don't care if he formed it in some kind of way. Don't ever... Don't ever talk about the weight that a woman has lost ever. Nevertheless, with a man too, in certain senses. But it just Jim Ross like is is treading on ice there, and uh, and I don't say that because I was offended or anything. But we know where we're in, guys. As as great as pro wrestling is in 2021, there's not a lot of other stuff that's great in 2021, including cancel culture. And you can really, you just gotta tread lightly with that stuff. So I wanted to mention that. Um, anyways, though. Chris Statlander, I mean, this, like, incredible moonsault that she done on the outside to, to Nyla Rose looked great. She had a bunch of, like, she just looked super strong. The uh, She doesn't even look as strong as she necessarily is. She is definitely deceptively powerful, and that was the story of this match. Towards the end of the match, Nyla Rose hit a choke slam for a two count, and then Rose put her on the ropes, going for a uh, that knee drop she does off the top rope. First of all, Nyla Rose, like, hopped up to the top rope. That was awesome. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but I just – the athleticism from Nyla Rose is definitely does not go unnoticed by me. And uh, Chris Statlander walks in her hands to get out of the ropes. It just looked really cool. Uh, except Nyla Rose hits her with a, some sort of spear off that. That was a cool spot. And then when she puts her up in the corner, uh, Statlander is able to hit a powerbomb, goes up top, hits the area, 451, and gets the win. And officially, guys, now, like I said before, Chris Statlander is your number two ranked women's wrestler in AEW, right behind Thunder Rosa, who's 22-2. and two. And so I'd love to see, I assume we're going to have Chris Statlander versus Britt Baker at All Out, but I don't know, because they're baby-facing Britt Baker with the segment that we're going to get to next, so... Who knows at this point, guys, but nonetheless, I enjoyed the in-ring action of this women's division. I'm not going to go on another rant about the women's division in AEW today because I just do not have the energy. I've been sitting out in the sun too long. And next up, speaking of the women's division, we had um, a a hype reel for Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and the women's championship match that she's going to have tomorrow night on Rampage with Red Velvet. The hype rule made it look a lot more important than they did last week. But um, Tony Schiavone is in the ring to interview Britt Baker. Uh, Britt Baker comes out, huge pop, huge pop from Britsburg, Pennsylvania with the towels. Britt Baker screams star power. I can't get through, I can't get that, that idea like honed in more on this show. This woman could be the head of your not just women's division, you could put her front and center on a poster, guys. Britt Baker is a star. Run with it while you have it. I don't know why they're doing this minimal effort thing they're doing, and I'm doing it, guys. I'm going down the AEW women's rant, and I I just don't have the energy today. Um, The towels look great. The DMD chants were awesome. Uh, Britt Baker comes in. She says she can't really comment on Red Velvet's rise because it wouldn't be fair. She can't relate. Uh, because she didn't have to rise, quote unquote. She's always been on. She's always been on the top of the division, and she's always been the face of this division, and she's always been the baddest B I T C H on the block. But she can relate to Red Velvet's fearlessness, and she wasn't afraid to step up when this city needed a champion. Big pop, and she bleeds black and gold as much as anybody here. But this has been a difficult year for Pittsburgh, so she presents Pittsburgh hope, holds the women's championship up again. Another huge pop. And then, speaking of hope, Red Velvet might have had a glimmer of it in the match that she, they're having, obviously, at Rampage if they were wrestling in, other, in any other city, but she has no hope because they are wrestling in Britsburg, Pennsylvania. Red Velvet comes out. They get a quick little sprawl, and you guys have heard my thoughts on this whole feud and match. If you haven't, go back to last week's review. I can't, like, reiterate this enough. This is, like, Red Velvet, I don't think there was a worse choice for this match. I genuinely don't think they could have picked someone worse. I mean, for Flip's sake, they could have put in Chavo Guerrero, and I probably would have been happier. Red Velvet getting booed out of the building is not what you want. I think Red Velvet's going to make a great heel one day. But she's got amazing baby face potential right now, and you squash that all in the matter of one match. And one segment this week got booed out of the building. You hate to see that. Uh, so, Dark Order, Evil Uno and Sue Grayson versus the Good Brothers was up next. Doc Gallows and, and Carl Anderson for the Impact World Tag Team Championship. 
Because at first, I thought this match was kind of a stupid thing. Like, they, they lost and they couldn't get an AEW Tag Team Championship match, so what's the next thing they're going to get a Impact one? And they're doing the same thing with the Christian Cage title thing. He's got one AEW championship match at All Out, but he's going to take his time. And, and you know what? He's also going to challenge for that other little thing he's got on his shoulder, Kenny Omega, for the Impact title, because why not? Just, like, really putting down the Impact championships. And I'm not a big Impact fan, as I've mentioned on the show before, but seems like a little bit funny to me. But, yeah, this match wasn't was not it was probably the worst match of the night for me um the only thing I really enjoyed was Stu Grayson's incredible athleticism in his spots but nonetheless the Good Brothers won with a magic killer on Stu Grayson and they retained the Impact World Championships uh, World Tag Team Championships and you know the the forbidden doors open guys and AEW has to do this stuff similar to what it did obviously we got a hype reel next for Camille uh versus Layla Hirsch for the NWA Women's Championship just like that they got to do stuff for the other companies if they're going to get people like, you know, uh, Nagata and whoever else are going to come into AEW. You got to you got to do stuff for the other companies, too, if you're going to get the big stars from the other companies to come and, and give you the rub as well. So Tony Schiavone is interviewing QT Marshall in the middle of the ring. Next segment. QT claims that Tony should be apologizing to him. He chose his words very carefully and didn't say that he was going to apologize, said there was going to be an apology. Uh, so says that, uh, yeah, he should apologize to him for not for, uh, he's not going to apologize for pouring the protein shake on his head, but he's going to apologize for what they're going to do to his son, Chris Shivani right now. They go pull him out of the crowd, beat him up. And, uh, Tony Shivani apologizes. QT doesn't accept the apology, hits a diamond cutter on him. And then we get no more BS big show coming out. Paul White, uh, weird save you come out after they hit the move on the guy's son but the uh, commentary obviously in previously in the match or previously in the show had mentioned that Tony Schiavone's son was there or Tony Schiavone had said that the show was so big he had to bring his son that was about the most we got with Tony Schiavone's son I don't have a lot of emotional investment in Tony Schiavone's son so I didn't care much about this QT Marshall's kind of a prick though so I hate him already so this was not ineffective it just was whatever I don't know Paul White's here and you know what guys I've seen a lot of flack for this online I'm cool with QT Marshall versus Paul White as long as it's a two-minute squash match at most just have Paul White look like a beast and we can put that in our back pocket put that in the back of our mind for the next time I don't know they do something Paul White versus Darby Allen or whatever we remember that time that Paul White beat the living crap out of QT Marshall and uh and I love Tony Schiavone and we all love Tony Schiavone he's the most beloved man in wrestling so Paul White coming out to defend uh, Tony Schiavone in his son's honor post diamond cutter that by the way Chris Schiavone didn't sell like at all he was up in two seconds but whatever uh, fine this was fine this wasn't great but it was fine and then guys we had our main event here Chris Jericho versus Wardlow in the fourth labor of Jericho again a divisive match online from what I've seen uh, a lot of people liked it a lot of people weren't fans of it um, I thought it made Wardlow look like a beast and I think this is exactly how they had to do the match. I really loved the play on the match with Cody where Wardlow screwed up the interference, obviously, and that's how Cody beat Wardlow. And then I love that MJF screws up the interference, gets thrown out. Chris Jericho takes the distraction, brings up good old Floyd again, and uh, ends up hitting the Judas effect for the win. So I thought, you know, I watched this. Um, I watched part of the show, actually. I got to watch on Fight TV. So I watched through the picture-in-picture. Picture. I don't know what it was necessarily like with an ad break, but essentially it was just Wardlow powerbombing Chris Jericho a billion times. And that, yeah, Wardlow looked like a beast. And MJF telling him basically keep beating him up, don't go for the pinfall after the uh, F10. Kind of partially MJF's fault. I'm just really loving the dynamic between Wardlow and MJF, and I'm loving the future babyface turn for Wardlow. I'm a little worried about it, but that's a whole nother conversation for another time. Slimmer, see, I, I worry he will fall similarly into the same category as Brian Cage right now, but whatever. Uh, definitely AEW is a heel-heavy uh, winning company, so I would love to see a couple more big dominant baby faces as well. Anyways, though, we get Chris Jericho winning by pinfall, like I said, from the Judas effect. And then after the match, Sean Spear comes out to attack Jericho. Sammy Guevara comes out to make the save obviously promoting their match for 
was it Rampage it was announced? Or Next Week on Dynamite? Next Week on Dynamite, I think it was announced. Good stuff. Wardlow gets involved, tries to uh, turn the momentum back to the pinnacle, but MJF uh, puts Chris Jericho in the salt of the earth on his injured arm, which is apparently is still injured. And uh, Jake Hager comes out to make the save with a big pop. Good for Jake Hager. Deserves a big pop. I like Jake Hager in doses. It's been a while since we've seen him on TV, so I was about that too. MJF gets on the microphone, uh, says that Jericho might have won the match and earned an, another shot at him, but he hasn't heard the, the stipulation for next week. No Judas effect, no Judas theme song, and dead silence, and no, yeah, like I said, no Judas effect. Dead silence and no elbows. And if he does hit Jericho with the Judas, or if he does hit him with the Judas effect, that's an automatic victory for MJF. Uh, he's got a prediction for next week. Chris is going to find out that he hasn't just met his match, but he's met met his successor. There's a new king in town, and his name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And then we went off the air. And, guys, I think I mentioned the stipulation early on. I definitely – it was not my idea. I did not come up with it. I saw it all over online, too. But the no Judas music is my favorite part about all this. Um I hope we actually don't get the Judas effects next time. I, I hope we don't have the exact same thing with what happened with the paradigm shift, obviously, and John Moxley. I, I like the themes of things being, you know, redone, but I don't need to see the exact same, you know, matches and, and outcomes. And, like, they need to be a little creative here. And I don't think the match with Wardlow and Jericho was necessarily very creative. It was very by the book as, as to how this had to end. And, and I thought this was a super overwhelming last labor. You know, you had Nick freaking Gage, guys, and then you went to Wardlow. I get it, and I understand the symmetry, and I like the symmetry, but I hope they don't get too symmetrical. And I hope this match, I hope Jericho pulls something else out and is able to get the pinfall. You know, professional wrestling, you don't always have to win by your finisher. So, nevertheless, guys, obviously I said we would talk a little bit about Rampage uh, that is happening tomorrow night. Uh, as I pull up the match card as we speak. And uh, and it's looking, it is looking exciting. They've definitely, with three title matches set, they've definitely hyped this show up. And I hope, again, it's at a weird time slot. It's late on a Friday night. How many people are you really going to get to tune in at that time? But I don't know, guys. I mean, they like I said, I'm I'm tuning in to watch freaking Britt Baker main event, even though this match is so stupid and shouldn't be happening. I love Britt Baker, and I like Red Velvet a lot, so I'm tuning in to watch that main event. The opening match of the night being the Impact World Championship match between Christian Cage and Kenny Omega. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with that, and obviously the all-out implication, uh, all-out implications it has. I think, I think personally, guys, that Kenny Omega is going to win by some hook or crook, and then maybe we get an injured Christian Cage and he can't make it to All Out. That's my, I really don't know what they're going to do, guys, but that's my best, uh, that's my best prediction. We have the TNT Championship, Miro versus Fuego Del Sol. I already kind of told you guys what I thought was going to happen there. And then the main event with Britt Baker versus Red Velvet. Yeah, guys, I mean, Britt Baker is going to retain in Britsburg, Pennsylvania. Could you imagine? If Red Velvet won, she'd be the biggest heel in freaking pro wrestling overnight. So maybe that's the goal. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think, I I don't know. I'm looking forward to Rampage nonetheless. I hope you all are all too. That's difficult. I hope you all are too. It's definitely exciting time to be a pro wrestling fan. Definitely exciting time to be an all elite wrestling fan. And that's the show Guys, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. I will talk to you later. And I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts too, by the way, before I forget. I mean, I don't know how big Rampage is going to be. I don't know what we're, um, I don't know how much the momentum is going to be kept up here, obviously. They did a lot of great stuff on the opening shows for Dark and Dark Elevation. And then now it's just Dark and Dark Elevation. It's a place for people to get reps, essentially. If Rampage stays a big deal... Maybe we have a Rampage review show here on the show. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. I'm honestly sick of watching WWE television anyways, so maybe we'll switch up the highs and lows for a Rampage review show. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we're going to do here, but let me know what you all would like, what you want to hear, what you want to see, and your predictions for Rampage too. You can follow me on the Twitter, at Mimi Burris. You can shoot me an email, Mimi.WWE. No, what? I got it right the first time, guys. It's Podcast at gmail.com. And like I said, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you enjoy Rampage tomorrow night, and I'll talk to you guys next time.